hands off to Jonathan oh. Taylor. Here's Hall. He's at the 30. He's going to go. 10, 5, touchdown. Jonathan Taylor made a man miss the line of scrimmage and then runs it into Painter. The one-handed INT. Are you kidding me? Kenny Moore. What a play by Naheem Hines. What is going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Bring the Juice Colts podcast. Cody Felger here, Derek Larger with you. As always, guys, great to be here today as we are continuing our look at all the positions on the Colts. Now, today we're going to kind of combine two positions. We're going to combine corner and safety. We're going to talk about all the defensive backs of note on the Indianapolis Colts. This is a very intriguing group, Derek. There's a lot of question marks, I guess, is the right word. There's a lot of different guys with different situations. And I'm excited, man, to jump in. Talk to me real fast and your overall just impressions of this defensive back group because it's a very intriguing group, in my opinion. Yeah, it is very intriguing, you know. And I guess the good news is going into this season is that, you know, we're kind of going into this offseason thinking, you know, the secondary had a lot to improve on. So, you know, it feels good to kind of have the sense of you're, you're, you had that shred of doubt in your mind a little bit, but you're thinking if they were to jump out to a hot start, then it just gives you an extra sense of confidence moving forward, especially with, you know, how we've helped the defensive line out this off season. You know, it makes you feel a little bit more comforting knowing that these secondary guys are going to get a little more help now. It is interesting because you do wonder how much of it was because obviously the second half of the season, the Colts kind of struggled a lot more against the pass, especially on defense. Mm -hmm. And you wonder how much of that is credited to the lack of uh, production and lack of pressure from those defensive ends, which we've talked about, talked about it to death. But I kind of look at this group, Derek. I think for the first time in a couple of years, there's a lot more answers than there are questions. Obviously, there still are questions mm -hmm. at this defensive backs room, but I think they're trending in the right direction in terms of you feel a little bit more confident about some of the guys that you think are going to take some of these positions. And so we'll start here with the guy that we think is going to be the number one corner this year. He was the number one corner last year for Indianapolis. That's Xavier Rhodes, right? I remember last offseason talking so much about how Xavier Rhodes was struggling the last couple of years in Minnesota. And we're like, we feel like the Colts, Jonathan Gannon was still here at the time. We feel like the Colts are a prime spot for him to really, you know, have a revival in his career. And, you know, we saw this with different players. We saw it with Xavier Rhodes. He had a really, really good season. And I know you've said, and, and I've said before, he was playing like a top 10 corner for most of the year, especially after being really burnt toast the last couple of years with Minnesota yeah. and being injured, all these different things. He looked like a completely different player in this Colts zone scheme. What are your thoughts on Xavier Rhodes? Yeah, I mean, the veteran of the group, you know, came in and a lot of people had a lot of question marks about him. And, you know, a lot of people were wondering if he was actually even going to really contribute. You know, we said, you and I said it in the last offseason, that if we could get even this guy even back to 70% of what he was, then this guy could be a good corner in this league. And sure enough, that's what we got. We got one of the better versions of Xavier Rhodes that we've seen in a while. So it was really great to see. And, you know, on the better age of 30, 
you know, still has a couple of, of good years of life left in him here on this football field. We see, we think, and you know, didn't have a whole lot of issues with injuries last year. Had a couple of games where th that foot was bothering him, but other than that, you know, at the start of the year, he started off really freaking hot, really hot, mm -hmm. and you know, he was one of the more consistent guys on this DB group throughout the entire season. So, you know, I yeah. hope that we continue to see that hope he continues to be that mentor and be the guy that, you know, helps out the other guys like Rocky sin and Marvell tell and those boys. And I'm really excited to see Xavier Rhodes again. I, I, I want to see another off season with him in the building this time and be able to be around these guys and learn more. Yeah, me too. I I was going to talk about that, just the veteran presence that he brings to the corner room, former All-Pro kind of guy there. So he brings a lot of experience at corner. And I think the good thing with with finding a guy like Xavier Rhodes, who maybe a couple-year rental for you at corner, it, it kind of allows you to do what you did this offseason, where you really didn't touch cornerback. You didn't have to go find a number one corner this offseason because uh, you had Xavier Rhodes. You could bring him back. You had that option. The Colts elected to do so. And you could address defensive line really heavily in the draft. And I think that's kind of what Xavier Rhodes brings, yes, from a leadership standpoint, but he's still a really darn good football player too. So, I, I mean, at least for a year or two more, I feel like he still has some high-level football left in him where you don't really have to go out and, and spend a lot of draft capital or a lot of financial capital in trying to find your number one corner. So that's definitely a good thing. And, and you mentioned all the young guys that he can teach. I mean, there's so many young guys with so much potential that we've talked about before, and we'll get to these guys a little bit later. But yeah, he can teach them so, so much, especially Rocky Asen, because I feel like him and Xavier Rhodes are very similar in the type of corners they are in, in a lot of ways. And so they're very physical type of guys. So I feel like he can he can learn a lot from a guy like Xavier Rhodes. And so having a full offseason, I think, is going to be really good for him now in year two in Indianapolis. So let's move on to the other guy that that's pretty well known and pretty established at the corner position. That's Kenny Moore. I mean, what can you say about Kenny Moore? He's the best slot corner in football. He can do a little bit of everything, you know, whatever he lacks in size, he makes up for in juice, man. He mm -hmm. is one of those guys that's just absolutely a lightning bolt, right? He is a, he brings energy to that defense. I mean, he makes plays when needed. He's one of those guys that you feel like you can be confident in him to really cover anybody and really do anything you ask him to do. He can blitz, he can cover, he can do about everything. And he has some pretty sick dance moves as well to boot. So uh, what are your thoughts on Kenny Moore? Oh man, you said it. I mean, just a very underrated guy. And, you know, it's hard to believe that given the fact that he's the best slot corner in football, you know, I mean, I wonder I would love to go into the minds of all of the NFL teams who have to face Indianapolis. And I want, I just want to see if any of those offensive coordinators ever bring up Kenny Moore's name. I wonder if they do. I, I seriously want to know because I would love to know if they, you know, actually give him the credit that he's due when it comes to, you know, making sure you know where he is on the field. Cause you're right. I mean, he's not just a, uh, a corner that guards people. I mean, this is a guy that can get pressure on the, the quarterback. This is a guy that can make plays in the backfield by making tackles. You know, he reads defenses really well. He's fast. I mean, this is a guy that plays full speed and he does really good. You, you're right. I mean, he's small, you know, for your average corner size, he's really freaking small, but 
you know, he has the, he has no limitations on him whatsoever. I mean, everyone has seen the one-handed interception where he was jumping to their to their Waller sides uh, to be able to go and get that interception. So, I mean, there's no knock on Kenny Moore's game at all. I mean, he really does everything uh, very well. And I mean, as long as we keep this guy around, I mean, th this secondary group is going to uh, be relatively good for a long time. And especially, he's a really sure tackler for, mm -hmm. we pointed out, the lack of size. He makes up for it because he tackles so well. He's probably the best tackler of all these groups of corners, honestly. It's crazy considering he's probably the smallest one, too. But he makes mm -hmm. up for it. He has long arms, you know. So, you know, typically, Chris Ballard doesn't like those corners that are that small. But he has long arms that would be a 6'1 type of corner like, like Ballard likes to go after. So, uh, he's definitely a name. And, and he's just a guy that... It's funny, Derek. I think in 2018, when Kenny Moore did the Kenny Moore Blitz, I think he had like four and a half sacks in the playoffs. I think he was tied for the most sacks in the playoffs in 2018, and the Colts only played in two games. So that's insane that, that Kenny Moore can do that. Absolutely. All right, well, here's kind of where it gets a little bit more dicey at the corner position. There are a ton of guys vying for that number three corner spot, or if you think the number two outside guy there, First off, you got to talk about Rocky Sen, uh, former second-round pick in 2019, has had some up-and-down moments, has had some really good moments, some really bad moments, has had some some penalties. It's just – it's been a very mixed bag with Rocky Sen, and, and obviously with how high you drafted him in 2019, you'd like to see a little bit more from him so far. I mean, he got benched this last season in favor of guys like TJ Carey. And, you know, so Rocky Sen has a lot to prove. This is a big year for Rocky Sen, and – um I just think overall, yeah, this can't be understated. If he wants that number three slash number two corner position, he's got to go and take it this training camp of preseason. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, you and I have been on the ropes multiple times saying how, you know, this guy could potentially be on the roster bubble for a few years down the road if this doesn't end up, if this season doesn't end up going the way that we hope it does. And, you know, we know a lot of Colts Nation really does not like Rocky Sin. We get that. Colts Nation can be very critical about a lot of players, especially when they're struggling. And, you know, I, I don't believe that it in any shape or form that it's a it's a effort issue when it comes to Rocky Sin. I mean, Xavier Rhodes has been on record multiple times saying this kid's one of the last ones to leave uh, the facility every day. So, you know, he always puts in the extra work. You know, it's just something he's just going to, he's got to get better at. And, you know, we're going to leave that to uh, the professionals there. We're going to leave it to the coaches to try to figure out a strategy to try to get him to be a more efficient and more disciplined corner. I think a lot of it just has to do with discipline. I don't necessarily think he lacks a lot of ability. I just think, you know, a lot of it comes down to discipline. Just a lot of these unnecessary penalties that just, that just ultimately shouldn't happen, right? It just, you just shouldn't let that happen. Uh, hopefully, you know, last year was a learning experience for him. I'm sure he's taking the off season to think about it. I hope he comes in fired up, ready to go. Cause you know, even in the beginning of the year, we saw Rockison making some good plays. He, there were some good plays early on from Rockison, even in that green Bay game where a lot of that game, we were trashing him. He still had a pick in that game that put us right in that spot where we needed to be to score. You know, there are times when he really does step up. It's just, you know, can we limit 
the amount of bad plays that he does. And I, I look forward to seeing if he can do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and people seem to just forget he was one of the better corners in football in the second half of his rookie season. So this guy clearly can play. He can play in this league. He's shown it. It's not like he's just been all bad. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like there's been more bad than good. Like he's shown a lot of good too and a lot of promise after in that rookie season in the second half. So I feel like this is a guy that's very underrated in a lot of ways. Like people are just writing him off. They're like, he's done, cut him. He's, you know, he shouldn't be on this roster. All these kind of wild claims, I think, for only a guy that's played two years in the NFL level. But I think, yeah, you're right. I think he definitely has things he needs to improve on. But I don't think talent is the issue here. I think it's more the discipline, like you said. And if he can get back to staying more disciplined, playing how he did, building off of that second half of that 2019 season, I think he has a really good chance to make a bounce back year here in year number three for him. All right, there's some other guys here vying for this other corner position, Derek. Um, Obviously, you have TJ Carey, who I mentioned, who the Colts brought back on a one-year deal. He was kind of a revelation at corner. You know, everybody talks about Xavier Rhodes and how good he was, uh, and very much so justified. But a guy like TJ Carey, I think, was a very underrated piece for this Colts team last year. He stepped in when needed at corner, at the number two corner. He played a bunch of snaps on special teams. Obviously, you remember that game against Tennessee on Thursday Night Football when he recovered – that fump, that blocked punt for a touchdown. So he does a little bit of everything. And, and initially when the Colts signed TJ Carey last offseason, we said, okay, this is Kenny Moore insurance, right? This is the guy that if Kenny Moore goes out, we feel a little bit better about who's going to be his backup. But he proved to be a little bit more than that. He proved a little bit more of worth out the out, at the outside corner, which is very interesting. What are your thoughts on a guy like TJ Carey, really the veteran of this group of guys here vying for that number three corner? Yeah, I mean, TJ Carey, I mean, he really was a shock for a lot of people. I mean, even Zach Hicks, who you and I both know, you know, was very critical of TJ Carey going into the season. He said, you know, he's a good box corner, somebody that really comes up and makes great tackles, but had question marks about, you know, whether or not this guy could really truly cover, you know, and I know a lot of people at the end of the season want to say, oh, well, you know, he was he was so bad against Buffalo. He was so bad. Yeah, but he was facing Stephon Diggs, who was the second best wide receiver in the league that year. So I'm not, I'm not going to harp on him too much throughout most of the year. TJ Carey came in and it was put into a circumstance that they didn't want to have him in, but he did perform very, very well. He was a, a very suitable corner for, you know, someone who had ex, uh, who had low expectations, and I'm going to be honest, going into the season and early on, you know, was partially, I think at one point was helping to lead the league in uh, interceptions to start the first couple weeks of the season. So TJ Carey, I- I'm glad that this is another guy in our cornerback room, somebody that plays the game the way that the Colts want their corners to play. You know, is a very sure tackler, very aggressive, down uh, hill kind of corner which is exactly what they want um hopefully he hopefully he you know will actually get better I I hope he does and I know he's getting close to being the same age here as Xavier Rhodes so not many years left you would think but I hope that you know he continues to get even better than what he already was 
it kind of reminds me, and and obviously they're two different players, so it's two different situations here. But it's kind of like he's very much the safe option, just like we talked about that Sam linebacker position. Like Zaire Franklin and Matthew Adams are probably more of the safe options, but it doesn't mean he's a bad option, right? He, he's still a very mm-hmm. good option. Ideally, you'd like to see one of those younger corners take the number two spot, but if none of those guys rise to the, rise to the occasion – still feel pretty good about your number two corner position. You feel like it's serviceable at worst, right, for your number two corner. I think, you know, if there is a worst-case scenario, it probably is him stepping into number two corner because you want one of those young guys to ascend to that spot. But if he does, worst-case scenario, and I put that in quotations because it's not a bad situation, um, TJ carries your number two corner and you roll with it. And then you figure out your future at corner, maybe next, this uh, next off season. So, mm-hmm. um, there's some other guys though. We talked about Marvell tells one name, Isaiah Rogers is another two guys that were late round picks the last couple years that showed some promise. Um, Marvell tell obviously opted out this last year. You didn't get to see him in year number two, but you liked what you saw from him as a guy that transitioned from a free safety at USC uh, now he transitioned to corner, and he, I thought he looked really pretty impressive. He's a physical specimen, if there ever is one at corner, and I think he's a very viable option for a guy that a lot of people seem really high on to come in and maybe steal that number two corner spot. And then a guy like Isaiah Rogers, who you drafted last year, showed his prowess on special teams, obviously, when, especially in that Cleveland game where he had that that kick return for a touchdown and Showed a little bit in that Buffalo game as well with some near interceptions. I mean, this dude has some crazy closing speed for a corner. Uh, what are your thoughts on these two guys uh, and their potential to maybe grab that number two corner spot? Well, I said that if there was going to be a dark horse pick for that number two corner spot, I thought Marvell Tell was going to have a good chance to actually do it. You know, just like Rocky Sin in the last five, six games of the 2019 season. You know, he was locking people down. You know, he was playing the game really well. And, you know, he's a he's a big guy. He's fast. He's aggressive. You know, again, traits that the Colts like went in their corners. It's the kind of thing that they liked. And that's why they've transitioned him away from free safety and moved him to a corner spot because they felt he could make that – he could fill that kind of void that they were looking for. And I, I ho- I'm looking forward to see what he does this year. Obviously opted out last season. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what kind of shape he's in and, and what he looks like and how he progresses and all this stuff. And Isaiah Rogers, I mean, again, I talk about another guy that also deserves a few snaps here and there as well. I mean, was locking down a couple different people in that Buffalo game because of that just amazing catch-up speed. I mean, he's really incredible. I hope he gets some more chances I look forward to watching both those guys in training camp and see what they do. Well, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a really fun battle to see for that other corner spot because right now all four of these guys have a legit chance, I think, to take that corner spot. It's just like who will rise to the occasion, who will outshine everybody else, and who will cement themselves at that number two corner spot. Heck, we might not even know in training camp. It may come down to that last preseason game for the Colts to make their final decision. I think that's how close this potentially could get for the corner position. But nonetheless, you're right. It's going to be a fun battle to watch. One of my favorite battles to watch training camp preseason leading up to the 2021 regular season. All right, let's talk about some of the safeties here. Let's talk about the guy last year. Talked about guys who were revelations. Julian Blackman was absolutely phenomenal considering the situation that he came into, right? Obviously, tore his ACL, I think, in January – 
So not too far at, um, before he was drafted, only a few months later, and really doesn't miss a beat. A lot of people thought, oh, he's going to miss maybe the first month or so. Julian Black Blackman comes back and plays in week two and starts in week two with Malik Hooker going down and doesn't look back from there, never relinquishes that free safety position, and is just a revelation. For a while there, even though he wasn't 100%, a lot of people were like, he is the defensive rookie of the year. Now, obviously, tapered off a little bit in the second half of the season. He talked about it because he wasn't 100%. He felt like his legs maybe weren't fully healthy and where he wanted them to be. But nonetheless, Julian Blackman had a really phenomenal rookie season. Yeah, I mean, it, outside of all expectations, I mean, this guy really did an amazing, amazing job. Because, yeah, I mean, there were people saying that he may not even play the first half of the season. You know, there was that kind of expectation. And then all of a sudden, you know, we hear that, oh, you know, Julian might, you know, be ahead of schedule. And now he might be able to uh, play in late September, early October. And, you know, then all of a sudden he comes in week two and then just starts, you know, from the get-go, just starts making a huge difference for this team, especially in the first six games of the season. I mean, first six games of the season had four interceptions to his name. I mean, he was surely looking like the defensive rookie of the year before Chase Young eventually, you know, started running away with it at the very end there. And it's like you said, Blackman had, you know, he had weak legs. I mean, he wasn't fully conditioned to come into the season. He had, I mean, he couldn't condition. I mean, the man tore his ACL. So, you know, he said that's what he looks forward to this season, being able to get his legs where he wants to be. So that way, when the end of the season comes around, his legs are not as bad as they were at the end of the season. And, you know, I, I'm I'm super excited to see what this kid does because he has big play potential written all over him, and I love it. Another turnover machine in this defense, man. Darius Leonard's a turnover machine at linebacker. Julian Blackman seems to be on that same path to be one of those guys that's forcing. How many games last year did Julian Blackman make the difference in? I mean, I've lost count of how many games he won the Colts last year. It was at least it was at least four of them. I'm I remember Green Bay. I remember Chicago. I remember uh, Cincinnati. I'm trying to yep. think if there was another. There one. was Chicago, and then yep. uh, where he had the game-winning interception. Cincinnati, Same with Cincinnati. Winning, winning interception and then had the game winning fumble of uh, forced fumble against Green Bay. So yeah. there's three of them. It, it, he alone was responsible for finishing three different games last year. And there might, I mean, might be another one we forgot. Like, I don't know. And there might be one here or there that he helped in the very end. But like, again, for a, a kid that tore his ACL in late December and then comes all the way and then you know, comes in week two of the regular season, still recovering from that same injury, weak legs, all that stuff, and comes in and throughout the season, three different games where you made an impact play that helped your team win. I mean, that's incredible. That's incredible. Any any rookie would dream to have that kind of season, let alone having to deal with the adversity that Julian Blackman had to deal with. So I mean, this kid's an inspiration, and he is just so much fun to watch. Absolutely. Well, we're going to move over to my favorite safety. You all know him. I've said it a 100 times by now. Mr. Kari Willis himself, 
the guy that never gets recognized, but the guy that always does the dirty work and it's always just phenomenal and had an even better sophomore campaign than he did his rookie season um, was obviously really, really improved in his tackles missed, right? He missed a lot less tackles in 2020 than he did in 2019 and had a couple interceptions too. Didn't have any his rookie season. Overall, I think Kari Willis is just a name that he's never probably going to get nationally recognized like a Julian Blackman or a Darius Leonard, but he's the glue to that secondary, to that strong safety position. He's just a guy that's consistently there, consistently making tackles. And I think his value is a lot higher that a lot of people give it credit for. What are your thoughts on Kari Willis? Oh, yeah. I mean, this guy is really just incredible. I mean, you look at the – I mean, they're, everywhere you look at this guy from a statistical standpoint, I mean, it jumped everywhere. Not, he played the same number of games as he did in 2019, but he started in five more games this year, so he was a lot more healthy. Had two interceptions this year. He had none his rookie year. And at that touchdown, remember the uh, game against the Las Vegas Raiders? Yep. That one pretty much cut that deal done and dry right there. Uh, mm-hmm. Had a forced fumble as well. It didn't have any in his rookie year. He actually had six pass deflections too. That's up more than five. I mean, he had one pass deflection his rookie year. He had six this year. And then two sacks to go along with it. Had none his rookie year. And had a had 12 extra tackles this next year as well. And when you talked about the missed tackle percentage, he had a 10.1 missed tackle percentage. His rookie year is last year, 4.5. So he he was over double as efficient as making tackles this year. So yeah, again, like you said, none of the stats were like amazing, spectacular, blow you out of the park, anything, but he was, a lot more efficient and a lot more productive in everything he did last year. And that is exactly what you want to see in your safety. And it's great because again, Julian Blackman's going to get the highlights. He's going to get the recognition. Kari Willis, keep doing you, man. You are very much appreciated. I'm sure by Matt Everfluss and coach Reich and obviously Chris Ballard, he's going to get paid at some point. If he keeps improving like this, he's going to stay our safety for a while. It's wild to me that the the two safeties that we say are really good players and probably ascending players, they were third and fourth round picks. That's crazy. Chris Ballard is finding these guys just in the mid rounds. It's wild to me how he's been able to find these guys, these gems of players. Absolutely incredible. Corey Willis, another guy that nobody will talk about, nobody will recognize, but he just does everything so, so well, and he's so consistent. And that is so important to what this defense wants to do. And he, I think he's a really big leader on this defense. I think he took a really big leap in his second year in that category too. So really looking forward to seeing how he continues to improve as a strong safety. But he's a guy that I think we need to point to and talk about a little bit more than probably we do. All right, let's talk about a guy that was an all-pro at special teams, but he's a backup at free safety slash strong safety. Plays a little bit of both. George Odom. Now, George Odom, uh, it's very intriguing about George Odom because I feel like when he's had the opportunity at safety, he's played pretty well, um, all things considered. I mean, you you think about probably back to 2019 because the Colts were pretty healthy at both safety spots this last year. But when Malik Hooker went down for a few games, George Odom was typically the guy that was in there. He was in there on that Kansas City game when Indianapolis went into Arrowhead and upset the Chiefs. 
Um, and and he's obviously really good at special teams. He led the league in special teams tackles. So I think he has a lot of versatility as a safety. And for some reason, it seems like people are just kind of, you know, scoffing at the fact that I think he could be a nice safety in the league. What are your thoughts overall on him, though? Yeah, I mean, I, I've always kind of thought he was a, a relatively good, you know, backup safety. You know, he has a couple of times where he, you know, forces some fumbles and makes some plays that can really change the game. But, you know, I kind of looked more into the production of the coverages that he has and, you know, came to find out it really wasn't as good overall as some of us originally thought it was. Um, nevertheless, I enjoy that George Odom is a, you know, a, a safety on his team, a depth safety. I think that that comes in good hands uh, as time goes along. But, you know, I'm just glad more to have Julian Blackman in that spot. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. I just think he's a nice backup that a lot of people think he can't be a backup, but I feel like he can be. Um, but the Colts obviously uh, felt like they needed to address the safety position more. They added two guys with the same name, Sean Davis, both Sean Davis is spelled a little bit differently, but they added the one from Pittsburgh and they added the one in the fourth round, or I think fifth round of the draft from Florida. So they add a little bit more depth at safety now. And it's interesting because a lot of people said both these Sean Davises actually play really similar to each other. Yeah. Yeah, they do. I mean, both of these guys, you know, are they both can play special teams. Their talent and their talent and gifts are that. And, you know, they play a very aggressive style of football, which again, that's what Ballard looks for in a player, you know, is being aggressive. And, you know, if he if he messes up on a few schemes and you know, overrun stuff, you know, he feels that he, you can work on that, but you know, you can't teach aggressiveness. You can't teach tenacity like that. And that's how these two play. And, you know, it'll be very interesting in training camp to kind of see what time these guys get and what recognition they receive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whether it is as a backup safety, whether they have some time on special teams, It'll be interesting to see what these guys contribute, but I think that does it for our look at the Colts defensive backs. I'll mention Roland Milligan just because he was a guy that opted out last year, but he's been on the team a couple of years. I'll just mention his name, but I think right. that'll do it for our look at the defensive backs guys. Let us know in the comments below what you guys think of this group. Do you really like this group? Are you as high on some of these players as we are? Um, do you think one of these players that we talked about that we're not as high on? Do you, are you more high on them? Let us know in the comments below. That'll do it for this one, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all your support. And as always, go Colts.